0: Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We had our evening with medium events scheduled for last night, April 24th. Obviously that did not fly in light of the pandemic that's going on. Mm -hmm. We want you to know that anyone who held tickets to that event, they will be honored at the door for the rescheduled event on July 24th. Uh, All fingers crossed. We will keep you posted if things need to change about that, but we will honor your tickets if you do show up for July 24th. If you cannot make that date or you're just not comfortable with it at that time, you have until May 31st, so the end of... This coming month to request a refund. You will be refunded in full. Eventbrite is not actually taking any of their processing fee. They'll hand it right back to you um, because they know the kind of situation that we're all in. So you just need to email us at info at Tell us how many tickets you would like refunded because some of you do buy on, on behalf of other people. We understand mm-hmm. that. And we'll refund them no questions asked. So your deadline again is May 31st. Beyond that point we leave it up to you to handle your tickets however you want, unless, of course, we have to update and uh, postpone again. Right. Yeah.
1: We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are a cluster of shows. There are five. We pick a topic on emotional and spiritual intelligence, and we do our very best to educate you and entertain you. Uh, We hope that you find them fun to listen to and fun to practice with. The very first show is always free, and it's available at bisarlow.com. The other four shows have a fee, and they can be found at patreon.com backslash bisarlow. So it is a clustered group, and you do get the benefit, I think, better if you listen to all four, but do as you choose.
0: Yeah. And maybe we'll take that time to talk about Patreon as well. It is a paid membership or paid tier program. Mm -hmm. You can jump into or out of any of the tiers that you see uh, where you like the benefits that are offered. There's eight tiers. You can read up about those. You can call us if you have questions or email us. That is um, paid on a monthly basis. We have offered that if you cannot afford to pay the Patreon fee within this pandemic time, Email us and we will waive the fee, no questions asked. Our patrons so far have not asked for that, which is incredible. And and the reason that we can offer this to people because they're still financially supporting us. But what's most important to us is that you have access to the content to help you cope in this time. So like I said, if you do want to join Patreon, check it out. You can absolutely do that. Uh, no no problems if you can't pay it. Just let us know. And then each month before the first, when the billing cycle happens, you have the opportunity to jump in and out of tears or off Patreon altogether if you just if it just doesn't work for you. And yeah. that's, that's okay, too. Yeah. But yes, that is where you find Sips of Sanity, as well as those habit trackers that Karen talks about so much, mm-hmm. reflective questions, and much, much more. Okay. And now, you know, to plug our own actual business, we uh, still have our, our um, personal sessions running. We are... During our sessions via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, and Zoom. That's for anyone anywhere in the world. Sessions are just as efficient, just as accurate, so you don't need to worry about being in the house with us. We are doing those, um, as usual, Monday through Saturday. So if you do want to book, you can request a session through the website, bysarlo.com or email us at info at to set that up.
1: Mhm. That's great. Okay. I'm ready to go. All right, we've kind of we both got stories today. We do. Do you want to start? Sure, I have three. Yeah, I think you're the one with the major part of the show today to tell <laughs> you're your story. Problem. Uh, I think <laughs> you're the one with the major problem here. Yeah. You know, you're going to do the major stories, and I just have two little mini stories to interject between yours. Okay. Which are not really like commercials, but I'm going to say our kind of mini commercial. Okay.
0: Interested. No, oh, no one's
1: paid for this, so I'm not really sure what this commercial's all about.
0: Love you, hear the cracks, and that's my body. <laughs> okay, where do I want to start today? Um, I think I'll start with uh, two female stories. Okay. So, do you want to pick the f- name of the first female? Oh, I do. Um, Cleo. Cleo, oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. I would like to say too, before we jump into (laughs) the show, I just don't know where your names come from. I would like to say too, if we have not made it obvious by saying in front of the camera, would you like to pick a name for the show? We hide identity. We change locations if necessary. And it's obviously not to discredit us. We do see clients all over the world, uh, but we change all those details Mm -hmm. so that any story that we're sharing uh, that belongs to our clients their identity is 100% protected.
1: Well, yeah, because the point of the show is for people to hear the story and get something out of it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not to be able to walk around in a community and say, I, I heard, think it's them. Yeah, I heard your story and now I'm judging you. Yeah. Th- this isn't done so that people can be... Judgmental of others or suspicious. Yeah, this the the whole purpose of our show was for people to listen and to learn something and to take it into their own lives in a in a way that enriched or bettered their life or educated them in some way and made them a better person. That's that's the point.
0: Yeah, I think that was well said. So, Cleo, um, we'll start there. This session was booked. Just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, random. She was a brand new client to me. Yeah. And we uh, began the session, and I went through my consent process like normal. And she's very kind, very patient, uh, and, and a very attentive listener, which mm-hmm. is really nice. There was no, no rushing through consent, which mm-hmm. was great. And, you know, towards the end of consent, you just say, you know, you have a choice in how you want to run your session. Would you like to leave it open? Would you like to direct it? Uh, would you like to kind of do a half and half and see what happens and then ask your questions later? And she said, well, I have some general intentions, um, but I'd like you to go open first. And um, I'll just trust that, you know, whatever I need to hear will come through first. And then I'll ask my questions later uh, if, if I need to. And so the first thing that came up, and I find this to be very typical of a lot of sessions, the first thing that comes up is oftentimes their personality, for me anyway, and I believe it's the way that the guides have got comfortable with me to give me affirmations that we are making a connection first, that I'm listening well Uh, So that the client can feel comfortable going, yeah, that's me. Those must be my guides. And it came across that she was a people pleaser. And she's one of the few people that had very little difficulty identifying and saying yes. Because I do find that a lot of people either don't know what it is or don't want to go there. Or, no, I shouldn't say go there, but don't want to necessarily admit that. And she said, yeah, I believe that's true. And she said, just just to be certain, though, could you give me an example? Which I liked because it was a very gentle way of um, her asking to just make sure she fully understands. But it wasn't a challenge. It wasn't to be mean to her guides or myself. And so the, the information came through that she had been conditioned into people-pleasing her whole life, that it wasn't something that just started out of the blue in her adult years. And I would say she'd be late 20s, early 30s.
1: So when you say that, do you mean that like it comes at her in a variety of ways that she's a good girl at school or that she has to be a good girl at home, Mm -hmm. or if she's the agreeable friend, Mm -hmm. then the friend group keeps her in the group? Like, Do you mean it's from a variety of places like that? So it's from childhood. She's Mm -hmm. conditioned
0: into it uh, from a young age in the home, mm. and then it went into school with her, into different systems, yeah. into different relationships. It wasn't just that it started in her first significant other relationship at 20, right? right? So it's been ever-present for as long as she can remember. And what what ended up being the focus of the session was her behavior and how it was alienating her own self in her marriage, And I said, you feel very alone, even though you are, in fact, with someone. And she said, both of those things are true. I am with someone, I'm married, and I feel completely alone. And I'll say a very typical message of people-pleasers is that they don't want to identify themselves as angry. But she was willing to sit there and go, oh, that's uncomfortable, but yes, I'm very mad. Because she's so afraid of how people will react to her if she admits to her anger. Right.
1: And well, so, with people pleasers, they're not allowed to.
0: Right. And so she's in the perfect dance as a people pleaser in her marriage. And I mean that in the sense that her husband is reacting in the very typical textbook way in that, well, if you're going to withhold, so am I. and. Like he's not working for the relationship. He's not saying, let's get healthy. He's just saying, well, fuck it. And he's doing what he wants. Right. Which when you're a people pleaser, you further withhold to see, are they going to see me? Are they going to miss me? Are they going to notice that I'm not there? So she might do things for him or do more for him in terms of acts of service.
1: Oh, she'll never do enough.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Which is what came through. Yeah. And so I was describing all of this, and and she was very good and very paced. That, that's what I mean by good. Mm-hmm. That she would really sit, and you could you could see that she was processing the information um, instead of just going into people pleasing me as the professional and mm-hmm. saying yes, yes. Like she was really really doing her work.
1: That's a lot, and that's a young age to be willing to do it. It's exhausting. Well, and like amazing for her. Because boy, it gets harder and harder with the decades.
0: No, mm-hmm. oh, that's fair.
1: Well, it, it does. It gets harder with the decades because you've got more to grieve. Ooh, I was good.
0: Yeah. Oh, you yeah. You did that very well.
1: You have more to grieve. There's there's so much.
0: So what ended up coming through? I'll say relatively quickly. She goes, "Well, you're talking about exactly what I want to touch on, but can I ask my pointed question?" So absolutely. And she just said, I, I want to know if my marriage is going to survive.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Which is, no, and, and it's fair because mm-hmm. I think when you are educated and you know and you can see these these two, this dance with these two people, you know it's a no. You know it's already not surviving. That's right. They're just still married. Yeah. And I um, I had just said to her, it can't. Like, the guides are saying that you have so far been unwilling to educate yourself. You're just continuing on in your pattern. You're getting more and more comfortable with being angry at your husband. But it's not actually the anger that's yet catapulting you into a different action, right? Because we can get to a certain place of getting so angry that we do something about it, hopefully productively. Um, and so it was, it was essentially the guides were saying you're at a stalemate, both you and your husband, unwilling to make one move at all that would be healthy.
1: This is brilliant. Mm-hmm.
0: And thanks for saying that. She thought so as well. Yeah. So instead of being mad at the messenger, instead of being even more angry at him, she sat there and actually, I won't say for the first time as a people pleaser, um... But again, was willing to take responsibility for something, but in a healthy way this time.
1: Yeah, well, and she's willing to learn. Yeah. Because if you don't have the toolkit or the person like you or a therapist or, I don't know, it can be a a book, it can be a number of things. If you don't have the tools to identify your own people-pleasing and learn to deal with it, because that's all she can do is deal with her own stuff. Mm -hmm then as you said, she's responsible for stalemating 50%.
0: Yes, and that's what came through. And I had said to her, so far you've done no work, not within the session,
1: but within the marriage. Yeah. And she goes, well, I guess that's true. Yeah, and she would believe that she has done tons of work because you can work at trying to change the other person. You can work at feeding the kids or socializing Mm -hmm. or working and paying the bills, uh, cleaning the house. Like I could give you a long list of work yeah. that she could be doing. She could be working at avoiding, because that's also work. You have to work hard to avoid your shit. So there are lots of things you can work hard at and truly believe you are working. Mm-hmm. I am working super hard at changing my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Some people work extremely hard at changing trying to change a partner. Mm. And don't think, well, if I stop doing that and just worked on me, <laughs> what could happen here?
0: So she took responsibility for the very little work that she had done so far. Yeah. And what ended up coming through, because I, I just said to her, Cleo, <laughs> um, I said, well, I'm also being told from the guides that your husband has very outwardly expressed that he has no desire and no intention of working. Ah, oh, well, there you go. There's your answer. A- and she goes, yeah. And I said, so don't be ashamed because you could see mm. it coming over her face. I said, you, you asked a great question because yeah. that's what we want to know as people who naturally love. I said, so your question's fair. Um, however, he's already answered your question. And the guides are just trying to gently say to you, if you trust us, we'll reiterate the answer, but you do already have it. And so it was, it was almost, I don't even want to say a backwards way, it was another way to validate that she wasn't crazy, that even though she was trying to deny the answer in front of her, she knew it wasn't going to work. She'd been
1: told, and the guides were just trying to say, true, hence, People-pleasing. Yeah. Because that ties right back into that people-pleasers get taught from a very young age Mm -hmm. to not see failure, Mm -hmm. to not deal with things not working out. They're very much taught to be fixers. Yes. And so their identity and their purpose is tied into that. So if you're telling them their purpose is over, it's like, what? Mm -hmm. What do you mean my purpose is over here? Whereas it could be your purpose is over here. Go on, little one. Well, and this Change your purpose now.
0: Yeah. And this was the second part of the session where I said, Are we okay to go open or do you have more questions? And she said, No, I I think you should continue. Mm,
1: Good for her.
0: Yeah. Oh, she was great. I I would love to see her again in a heartbeat. She said, uh, No, go right ahead, uh, go open. And the guide said to her, She has such low self esteem. She's forgetting what she's good at, and she's
1: afraid to be single again. Which I, I think this show—she's afraid to be single at in her early twenties,
0: uh, late twenties, late twenties. Yes. And I, I think this show is so universal. Yes. Uh, as much as the rest of them are. So the guide said, you know, she's afraid to be single, but could you please point out that she's been single for many years in this marriage, yeah, and that she's actually very good at it, and and she could just, or pardon me, you could just see her face shift. And I went, the guys aren't making fun of you. Yeah, They're trying to actually illustrate you have done an excellent job at being single. I said, is it true that you still find joy and happiness in all of your hobbies? I said, I'm hearing that you're not depressed. And she goes, can you say that again? I said, Mm. do you still find joy in your hobbies and in the things that you like? And she goes, yeah, like I, I can feel happy. I can I can I still get joy from those things. I said that's a good indication that you are not in a depression yet, because your life is still your life. Mm. And without him or just without him in the picture on an hour to hour basis, she can get into a great headspace and feel really good about herself. And so the guides were saying this is where we want her to understand. She's actually really good at being single. In fact, you can tell her all of her hobbies are single hobbies. They don't involve partners or uh, you know um, a buddy that you have to do it with. She knits, she crochets, she's crafty, uh, she paints. She like, but you don't need someone sitting next to you for those things, as opposed to you know curling, mm-hmm. right? And she goes, oh well, that's true. And so they said, you need to remember that so that when you are able and ready to finally confront the end of your marriage, you can do it with a little less fear.
1: That's that's key.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was, you could just see minor relief. And I say minor mm. because there's so much stress that comes with physically having to end the marriage, and I and I understand that. But you could see the oh, I'm, they're telling me I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a moment where she could finally believe it.
1: Yeah, because some people don't think at the end of a marriage that they can do anything on their own or that they'll ever be okay again or that there is any chance that out of 7 billion people on the planet, anybody in 7 billion could like them. Mm-hmm. They think they found the needle in the haystack and there's only one needle.
0: Mm-hmm. So that was her session, and it it was an hour, and like I said, it was very well paced. Mm-hmm. She took her time, which was great, and you could just see, uh, I'll say the gratitude that she didn't know how to overtly express mm. at that time, but it was in her face, mm-hmm. and that, that was really great. Am I okay to go on to the next one? No. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm doing it for a reason. Oh,
1: you were going can to I do... do two, and then you can do. Oh, okay. I okay? can't do my commercial yet. Okay, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> her session ended. Okay, I didn't realize they went together. I was just That's trying okay. to be playful. I, didn't, I know. Okay, I know. I know. I'm not offended. So that ended.
0: I got on to my next session immediately after. So these were booked back to back. Oh, okay. Can you pick another female name? Aretha. <laughs> Okay, great. Aretha. So I get on my my session with Aretha, and uh, again, brand new, never met her. And she says, I have some intentions, but I, you know, go ahead and go open if you need to. I said, okay. And I just felt nothing. I just felt black, stagnant. And I think I've described this in a previous show where it was just like, where do I go from here? As a channeler, if you've got no image or feeling to hang on to other than a feeling of nothingness. And the guides went, well, that's it. And I went, oh, oh, she's depressed. And so I turned to Aretha and I said, Mm -hmm. am I correct in saying that you're depressed? And she just kind of looks at me and she's like, I don't think so. And I said, okay, no problem. Hang on a second and I'll ask for some confirmations about what your depression looks like. And she went, what? And I said, well, everyone's, you know, mm-hmm. people's depression presents differently. I shouldn't say everyone because obviously there are diagnosable symptoms. Um, I said, but let's figure out what your depression is to make sure this is accurate so I'm not scaring you with with this information. And because remember, we get future, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I said, well, your depression looks like perfection. And she went, oh, fuck. I said, is that correct that you're a perfectionist? And she goes, oh, 100%. So she goes, do you mean because I have perfectionism, that's a depression? I said, well, not, not necessarily for everyone. It doesn't have to go into that degree. I said, so let me continue asking the guides questions. And I just I wanted to say thank you, although I know I'm using a, an anonymous name here. She had so much kindness for her guides and so much kindness for the process that instead of going into her own shit and panicking or shooting the messenger, she just thought to ask a better question. And Mm -hmm. I just, especially considering there's depression involved, she did such a phenomenal job. Um, So I said, I'm going to ask another question. And they said, well, you have to understand that her perfectionism isn't just hers. She demands it of her partner even more than herself. Oh boy. And she is angry as all hell if he cannot live up to that. And she doesn't know how to cope with it. So when she can't meet her own perfection, Mm. she puts it on him Mm. and then they just start fights and they don't have good communication skills. She doesn't know how to actively listen. She's doing an exceptional job in your session right now, but she doesn't have this skill as a transferable skill which I thought was amazing that the guides pointed that out, that they could do a good job in the session but not necessarily have that skill in life. Right. And so I told her all this information, and she goes, oh, yeah, okay, I guess I'm depressed. And it was just like, I mean, not that she was happy about it, but there was, you could see the connection happening. And I said, you're angry all the time. And she goes, yes. And I said, and there it is. I said, y- right. the the perfectionism is bringing out the extreme anger and rage, and then it's depressed. But she's so productive,
1: right.
0: it doesn't look like depression. Excellent right? work. She's so accomplished that she doesn't think that she could possibly have depression. And if you're comfortable with it, I do want to pl- uh, plug Dr. Margaret Rutherford here. Oh, yeah, for sure. We've both been listening to her podcast lately, and she her podcast is called Self Work. And her niche as a therapist in the States in Arkansas is perfectly hidden depression. Mm-hmm. She has a checklist to see if you are someone who, I don't want to say suffers from this, but someone who is experiencing this.
1: Kelly, that's around her third and fourth shows. Oh, so but listen
0: to the first two.
1: Yes, but I just want to say to people, if they go to her site, she's on show like 175. True, sure. scroll back. You have to scroll back into her archives and go to, I think it's three and four. Um mm-hmm. it's a two-parter series of shows and they're about 15 to 20 minutes long each for those people listening that are resonating with this and the fact that this is um a depression.
0: Yeah, and those are the shows where she really introduces the, t- the yeah. topic and then it's sprinkled through the 175 right. shows that she's done. She's written a book about it and she has a workbook to go with it. So if these um if these qualities sound like something that you, Experience in your life, you may want to check this out. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she just said, yeah, okay, this makes more sense. And she goes, why? And I thought, what a- another great question. Instead yeah. of just being mad or embarrassed, not that she should feel that, but many people do go into that feeling. She said, why? And so I said to the guides, where did it come from? You know, was again, was this a relationship that got triggered? Did a teacher say something? Because as, as we are learning, you know, as we grow, one little moment where something is said or not said, done or not done, mm-hmm. we completely can turn into a mental health uh, issue. Mm-hmm. So I said, Where did it come from? And they show me her as a kid walking up to her parents to, sh- to show them what she's made at school. Mm, and right. her parents look down and they say, good job, honey. Looks like praise. And then they go, but we expect that of you. And I, at me just observing this moment, because that's how we get the, the yeah. gift, right? Is yeah. Is like watching a movie. I'm like, what?
1: Right. And what was that second part? And so I it's can see- It's such a small comment, but it hits like a, like a boulder. Mm-hmm.
0: To a five-year-old? Oh, my God, So she
1: walks up with a little spelling bee
0: or a little test, and I can see her at different ages handing them report cards. Good job, honey, but we expect that of you. So they they acknowledge, Mm -hmm. and then they dismiss the actual accomplishment. Totally. And so she learns not to celebrate herself, that she should just expect the 90s. She should just expect everything. And the, the thing is, is that she wasn't necessarily always a 90 student or an A-plus student. If she came with a B-plus, which is, and not to be rude, but an average mark... Good job. So they did they did acknowledge that, that is a good grade. Yeah. But we expect to be. Well when she got progress and started to
1: see A's or A pluses, it was the same response. Right. Yes. Oh, withholding. So we Beverly can't- Angel, the verbally abusive relationship. There you go, folks. No. Patricia Evans. The verbally abusive relationship. Oh, what did I say? You
0: said Beverly Angel. Oh, shit. Which stimulated the people-pleasing in the first show, (laughs) or in the first uh, um, client story. Yeah. So she was never even allowed to celebrate her progress from going from a B plus to an A to an A plus. It was just, well, we expected that of you all along. And she was like, Holy shit. And I said, if you don't have memories for this, don't say yes or no. Just sit with it and, and you can take time over the next week to think about if that occurred. And she goes, No, that had, that had, that happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Cause sometimes we block these memories. And she goes, Nope, I yep, that that is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so there it was, her roadmap. Mm-hmm. That's expected of you. Yeah. And now every single time she has a task. Can you imagine
1: how mad she was? At five years old. At five years old to be told that instead of celebrated or encouraged or just, that's awesome. Like, Could you imagine how hurt you feel and how angry, how frustrated, Mm -hmm. how disappointed you are in your parents? Like there's so many. And yourself. Oh, yeah.
0: So like the guides always do. They came through to offer her tools. And I said to her, would you be comfortable with that today? Because um, it's it's one thing to hear and be able to acknowledge what you're experiencing, but it's another to be ready to do something about it, much like the previous um, client sh- story. And so she goes, uh, yeah. And I said to her, the first thing that I'm being told before I even give you the tools themselves is that the guides are... Wanting to indicate to you that when you start to work on yourself, it isn't about being perfect. You can't perfect these tools. You can do them well. You're going to stumble. You're human. So working on these things is going to trigger some of your perfectionism. And your tendency is to be hard on yourself when you don't do things 100% right.
1: Stop right there. Mm -hmm. Her tendency is to be hard on herself. Because now the parents have instigated a belief system, Mm -hmm. and they don't even have to be around for it anymore. They just implemented it, made her practice it, and then they can walk out of her life, and she's going to continue to run that story, Mm -hmm. that storyline, every day for the rest of her life with her partner. And when he leaves, it'll just be the next partner. Mm -hmm. That's why she has to do the work on herself.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, as you're saying, her story now runs as I expect, which is one of the reasons that we can block out where it originates from, right? Because not now the story isn't
1: mm-hmm.
0: we expect it. Her story somehow along the way became I expect.
1: Yep. Which
0: is pretty neat, and she was like, "Holy shit!" And so I you know, I said to her, if you've got your bingo squares out, um, The Nice Girl Syndrome by Beverly Angel because mm-hmm. and, and she she can be quite mean in her perfectionism and her standards to herself and her partner. Who isn't? But it comes from the actual false beliefs of the
1: people pleaser. Right. Yeah. But anybody that's behaving that way is mean.
0: Yes. But I think if you're listening for the very first time today, or maybe you've just caught the last six or seven shows and not 250, then you might be like, why are you offering an, a mean person the nice girl syndrome book? You're, you're, it's the same operating system. Yeah, that's right. Right? So it, she needs to yeah. figure out where that actually is stemming from, which false belief that instigates the peop- the, um, the perfectionist over and over again. Right. Right. And she goes, oh, oh, okay. And and I said to her, you know, you can ruminate on a sentence. You don't have to set a goal to read one chapter every day or, or you know, twelve books a year or anything like that. I said, if you get stuck on a sentence because it hits home so much, take time. Take time to observe it in your life. I know you and I are gonna do another show on this, um, as an entire standalone show yeah. about using the tools. But they just wanted to remind her that there had to be patience and self-compassion in this process. And that was one of the things she was going to have to learn by trial and error.
1: Yeah. Well, because when you're that child, your parents take time away from you so that you're not able to be curious anymore or or just to figure out your own identity. Mm -hmm. So they take time. So now she has to give herself back time. To get curious about if I'm not focusing on perfection, what could I be focusing on? Could it be, this is fun, this is creative, this is about mistakes, this is about just discovering, this is like, what could the other things be if I'm not looking for an idea of perfection? Mm -hmm. And again, it's only someone's idea of perfection, Mm -hmm. whether it's a teacher while you're in school, um, a parent's idea, um, but eventually, in her case, it's like she starts to come up with her own ideas of. Never mind everybody else. I'll come up with my own ideas of perfection, and now I'll hold someone else accountable to it. Imagine if she went around and tried to hold everybody accountable to her ideas of perfection. And she does. Oh.
0: And it came through that in the session, she she likes her alone time, and I said, "Well, the." Yeah. Because at that point, the only person in the room to control is yourself. Right. And that feels a little more bearable than being in a room with coworkers or friends who you know you can't control, but try anyway. Right. And cause more
1: anxiety. Yes. She'd have high levels of anxiety. And I want to point
0: out, too, because you were talking about different people's definitions of of, um, perfection. And I want to throw in, at that time in their life... Because if he, you know, I know your stomach's gurgling here. We're gonna power through it.
1: What? It was in my throat because I oh. drank the tea. <laughs> Little frog. Yes. Um. But what What is interesting is
0: that her father or and and mother, one or the other or both, at that time may have had a certain standard of what what your schooling should look like. Mm -hmm. And who knows that if you graduate, they might actually be good at the big stuff. They might actually say, hey, you know, lots of people go to university and drop out. Lots of people have multiple jobs. They might have different standards or expectations of where and when you can relax and learn. Yeah. And and value progress in other areas of life, and yet, and I'm not I'm not saying that to give them more credit. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that that is true of us, right? Mm-hmm. As, as people, we we expect certain things at certain times in our lives, and so she was still holding on to this father's idea from when she was five, mm-hmm. never evaluating if things had changed or if it even worked for her. Mm-hmm. Now that she's old enough to think for herself,
1: well, and that this is where she now has to individuate mm-hmm.
0: and she so so what ended up unfolding is that she was so angry in her partnership all the time that she she was constantly avoiding but then trying to go back in and perfect so it was just a constant back and forth where when she realized she was losing control i.e. he wasn't doing what she needed or wanted mm-hmm. in terms of the perfectionism she would withdraw she would get in her head she would think about, you know, all the possible solutions, how she could fix things. She wanted all the answers before she had to, you know, walk back into the relationship up to him and say, can we try? And, and that made it not a collaborative experience. And right. she goes, what? And I said, well, that's not, that's not a partnership. That's not collaboration. If you're off in your room ruminating over needing to have all the answers and you think your job in the relationship is to have them for the both of you. She's trying to parent. Yeah. And, and not just that, but like authoritarian parent, which isn't yeah. even healthy. Well,
1: she's trying to do what her dad did. Yes. Only now she wants to be her father and she wants to do it to someone else.
0: And she doesn't have a good little girl. That's right. Who's following everything. Yeah. This dude is like, yeah, whatever. Well, he's who she wants to be.
1: Cool. <laughs> right? And she was like, well, all right then. and And I think like I just... She, she's... He's who she wants to be, and yet she wants to squash that in him.
0: Well, yeah. We want to hurt when we're hurting. Yes. If we're not evolved enough or aware enough to understand that's what we're doing. Right. Right? And and I think it's it's obvious to say, too, that when we're hurting, we want another person to hurt, even when it's actually to express what they've done to hurt us. We want to see remorse, right, which is a form of hurt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So anyway, um, it was... It was an absolutely wonderful session, mm-hmm. and again, they gave her the tools and and just said start here. And I think this was another really interesting thing. They didn't layer on five tools. They said, "Right, here's one. Start here," yeah. because the perfection was going to kick in too quickly. They the guides knew that and and just said, yeah. "When you're done," and I, and I said this to her as a human because of what the guides said to me. When she's done, tell her she can email you and ask for the next tool. Right. That it doesn't need to be a, another booked session at $125 an hour. And I went, okay. Because that's simple. Like, why should you have to spend crazy amounts of money to know that you can pick up a book? Right. If she wants channeled information, if she has questions about those, you know, past lives or anything that that can uncover uh, more of the actual wound that we can't go back to the original wound, as you've said before, then yeah, that can be a great productive session. But if it's just about her taking her steps, the guys are saying we can do that for her. Mm-hmm. Which I loved. Um, so they, I mean, they explained the unhappiness in the relationship as well and why mm-hmm. she was trying to isolate herself, even though she wouldn't leave the relationship. And we, we we ended at the hour and she was very, you know, kind and expressive of her gratitude. And I just said, you know, I'd always, I'd be so happy to see you again, just because of how she was, um, mm-hmm. I'll say behaving in the session, mm-hmm. you know, and how much she was, just a trooper in the way she listened. And I think I had said that to her. So we ended the session. I think she was my last client of that day, if I recall properly. And I don't know, came downstairs, played Scrabble with you, played crib, whatever. Probably watched The Office and checked my email later that day. And the first client that I talked about on this story emailed me and said, my sister and I can't thank you enough from our sessions. And I was like, I didn't even know they were sisters. Mm. And I thought, well, that's really cool that they booked back to back. They never told me anything. They didn't say, you know, my sister's before or after me or anything like that. And uh, the one, the one, the first one said to me, uh, Cleo, she said, I just can't thank you enough uh, for what you did for myself. And she said, I have been talking to my sister. We've been sharing our sessions. And she said Aretha, right? Mm-hmm. She goes, it's like Aretha's already been through a year of therapy. Mm. And I just thought, wow, that's cool.
1: Mm-hmm. She just
0: goes, she, like she said, I've seen such a change just in the way that she's talking um, and and discussing what she wants to do going forward. And they just said, we'll, we'll both be back. We just can't say thank you enough. And I mm. just like, I think that's so great. Yeah, You know, I've said this before. I say this a lot in life coaching. I can talk to them blue in the face. I can channel to them blue in the face. But if you do nothing with it, yeah, it That's really right. is. It really is you. It's the work you're doing as as the client. So I. It was a proud moment too yeah. to see, and I think too, you know, just to see two young women being like, "Okay, I'm gonna get my shit together," and it's like, "Yes, go yeah, do it."
1: Exactly.
0: You've got decades left to have. I mean, they're accomplished women. They're smart women. They are. Funny and dynamic women in all areas of their life, and it's just like you got a lot to a lot of fun living to do. Oh, that's amazing!
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I just that that was I've I, been excited to share those, yeah, those stories,
1: and I think about those two women learning mm-hmm. and practicing, and just just being curious, and how their stories are going to affect other people,
0: oh, each other alone. How how two sisters can now get through? Yeah. Similar, but still different situations and know how to better support each other, mm-hmm. not to shame one another. If, if that one, if Aretha shares with Cleo the way that she was raised, because often siblings are raised differently. Yep. If she says, I don't celebrate progress, I was taught, it was just expected. And Cleo has the opportunity to go, what? Well, then, okay, then how do you want to be celebrated? Mm-hmm. There you've got this new team
1: mm-hmm.
0: who can, you know... Love better. Yeah. Live better.
1: Yeah. Very well done. Thanks. Yeah. Now you may
0: you. go with your commercial.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> okay. Mine's just me. I just mean by a commercial that I'm going to tell a short story. I'd like you to sing it. Sing in a it? jingle. No, it's not going to happen. Um, and then you're going to go back to another one. So I was just going sure. to interject one. Well, I, I had a client, and at the beginning of her session, she said to me, could we check in on my dog? And I said, sure, let, let me ask. So the first thing is you and I always say to the spirit world, alive or dead? Because we get both. Mm-hmm. So the dog spirit comes through and says, I'm dead. And, I, and I'm like, okay, like chill. <laughs> There's a bit of an attitude towards it, but I found out later why. And I said, um, what does she want to know? And she says, well, first of all, I'm a female dog, and um, I've passed recently. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. So you know this person's grief is fresh. And I said, well, what do you what do you want her to know? Do you want to name the client? Is the client female? Yes, please. Uh, Lacey. Lacey. So I said, what do you want Lacey to know? And th- her dog says, well, she gets up every morning and does yoga. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> the significance, (laughs) she says, I do yoga with her every morning. She goes, I just want her to know that I'm in yoga class with her. But because of COVID, like her classes are now on Zoom. So I'm now in her classes with her. And I said, oh, that's really sweet. I'll I'll tell her that you're attending yoga. She goes, yeah, you do that. (laughs) This dog's really got attitude. (laughs) So I said to Lacey... I said, well, I said the first message from your dog, I said, is that she's she says she tells me that she's past and like but she has an attitude about it. And and she goes, Did you ask her? And I said, Well, yeah, I have to because we get a lot pe- animals that are alive and past. She goes, Oh, that's funny. She goes, So you don't remember me? And I'm like, What? And she goes, I saw you two weeks ago. She died two weeks ago. You've oh. channeled her before. I went, oh, that explains her attitude. <laughs> like That's this. funny. So, yes. Oh, that is so funny. And then I said, okay, well, her, her message for you is that you get up each morning and you do yoga. And I said, and she goes, yeah, I do. And I said, well, she says that she goes to yoga class with you. Like she participates and she goes, what? And I said, well, she goes to yoga. I don't know how else to say this. I said, she's just saying she goes to yoga class. I'm now confused. I said, I don't know how to word it any other way. She says, she just attends class with you. She says, Karen, she says, every morning I get up and I do yoga. And my dog was cremated and her ashes are in an urn. And when I go to my mat, I bring the urn from the bedroom into my yoga space, and I put her down near the mat. Love it, so she says, "So she's literally on her mat on with her, her mat with me. Oh fuck, that's cute. wasn't it sweet? Yeah, And I said, "How do you feel?" and she goes i really I really like that." Mm-hmm. She said that's um." That's a wonderful affirmation. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, and I think this is a lovely story today because it's just simple.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, it's not huge. It's just something small about going to a yoga class and sitting with her human who's missing her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Simple things. Thanks. Yeah. Do you want to
0: go again? Because I only have one more.
1: What do you want? It doesn't matter. Okay. I'm going to do another one and then you can finish. So the second story um, is another client one with a gentleman who called and said uh, basically the same thing. This gentleman asked if I had any messages from his dog. And so I said, okay. So I said, you know, alive or dead to the spirit world. And they said, dead. I said, okay. I said, what? What do you want to tell him? And so his dog come for, comes forth and he's got a, a, a rubber duck in his mouth. <laughs> That's so cute. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, your dog's approaching me with a duck in his mouth. And he goes, ooh, like this. And I said, well, it's a rubber duck. And he goes, oh, what? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I'll have to ask him to explain everything. I don't understand why. So the dogs, I want to say the dog says to me, but yeah. I'm just going to say it that way. So the dog says to me, well, I'm carrying the rubber duck because this was my duck. And so when I was a puppy, they bought me this to play with in my pool, this little kitty pool. Yeah. And they put floaty um, farm animals <laughs> in my, my pool. And I particularly liked the bright yellow duck. And so I would pick up my duck and I would take it everywhere with me. It was supposed to stay in the pool, but like it went everywhere. And eventually, they'd try and put it back in the pool, but eventually they just gave up because the duck was going everywhere. It went in the car with him. It just went that's everywhere. Really went into his bed at night. He just snuggled his duck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's cute. He snuggled his duck. So I, I explained this and he goes, yeah, that's true. And I said, well, I said, your wife has recently found the duck in the garage. And he goes, just a sec. And he turns his head, and I don't want to do it because of the microphone, Mm -hmm. but he yells back, babe, like this. And I hear him screaming at his partner, babe, you got a second, you got to get in here. So I wait a a, a moment or two, and his partner comes into the room, and she goes, what? But she doesn't want me to see her, so she's like out of range. And he goes, um, do you find, did you find the dog's duck in the garage lately? And she goes, yes, <laughs> like this. She goes, why are you asking me that? Don't you have an appointment with a medium right now? <laughs> like, yep. like, she's uncomfortable. She doesn't want to be part of this. And he goes, yeah, I think you better stay and listen to this because she's talking about the damn duck. And he goes, and I just asked about Max. And she goes, uh, okay. And he he goes, so did you just find it in the garage? And she goes, I did. I found the farm animals (laughs) like this. Cute. And I said, well, don't say anything. I said, I'd like to find out why your dog has brought this up. So I said, now I know the dog's name. So I said, Max, why did you bring this up? And he goes, well, their oldest daughter just got a puppy. And she went through the garage to find a baby gate Mm. that they use for puppies uh, and The Not the pool, but like the farm animals, like just some toys that they thought they could pass along to their oldest daughter. So my duck is going to the puppy. And I'm like, oh, that's super cute. I said, so are you the puppy? Hmm. I said, is that what you're telling me? I said, are they going to ask that? And he goes, well, they never would have if this hadn't have come up today, but I'm the puppy. And I'm like, oh my God, my heart is just melting. So I'm like, okay, well, hold up. I got to know something. I said, are you going to tell me what kind of breed? And he goes, you suck at breeds. (laughs) And I'm like, I do. I do. But could you help a girl here? (laughs) I totally do suck at breeds except Labradoodles, German Shepherds, Great Danes, Dalmatians. I can pick basic breeds, but I do suck. (laughs) And he goes, well... I'm just gonna say that I'm like a like um a golden color, but the dog is more like a mutt, so you're not gonna get it right. Mm-hmm. So he goes, so let's just say like that that the dog is a golden color, but it's not a golden retriever. And I'm like, oh okay. So then I brought this up and I said, well, your oldest daughter just got a puppy, and then you see his partner's face like. She literally like comes right into the camera view really close. And she goes, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) Her her face is like right in the camera face. I can't even see him anymore. And I said, and you're going to want to know if the puppy is him, like Max, that's come back. And he's saying yes, that he loves your family and she just loses her shit. She's just like, she's just down on her hands and knees, like in a cry, but I'm going to say like an ugly good cry. Mm-hmm. And then he gets off the couch and he's like, oh, babe, babe, you okay? <laughs> he's calmer. And she's like, Wah! she's all happy. That's and he's really like, cool. it's okay. It's okay, babe. Like, it's it's cool. And she's like, I got to go get the duck and show Karen. <laughs> 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 so she takes off, comes back and shows me the lily. oh my God, and it's like a yellowy black. Like, it's just yeah. destroyed, but it's still a good, solid duck. He'll be happy to have it back. That's the point. He's oh. getting his duck back. Imagine wanting to come back to
0: Earth for a duck.
1: Isn't that... Well, a in the family. Duck? I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it just just little short stories I thought mm-hmm. were just adorable. Very much about love mm-hmm. um, from our pets to us as human beings. Um, And then back to your stories. Well, this is actually really funny that you decided
0: to interject with two dog stories. Because this next one that I'm going to tell, I tried to tell on another podcast. It was taken down, so I'm redoing it. Okay. But in that first recording, I specifically said this was one of my all-time favorite treatments I've ever done. Okay. And I said... Which is saying something because normally my favorite treatments are dogs, and here you are, my second attempt at recording this, leading with dogs. I don't even feel like I can follow now. Um, but it it is a really great story, and I I for sure want to tell it. Uh, But thank you for your.
1: I like this show so much. Yeah, I I think it's a good COVID show. (laughs) hopefully it's a feel good. Yeah, I hope Mm -hmm. people are like really settling into the stories and listening. Having some humor, some touching moments, learning about hope in relationships again. Like there's just such a variety here. Anyway, go. Okay. So
0: now can I can I pick the same name that you chose for me the last time I recorded this? Yeah, I don't
1: recall. So okay, by all so means. Okay, so you
0: chose the name Clyde. Oh, I, okay. Okay. I had a, I, it's a male client and you picked the name Clyde. And this this is actually significant, which is really cool. Okay. So. Oh,
1: that's too funny. Because I was just going to say, do you want to change the name again? No. I And normally
0: I would because it's a weird name. But anyway, it, it was
1: great. It worked oh, out very well. Significance. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay. So this gentleman came for his session, or we were doing his session, I should say, and he is so open. He's a great regular. I just adore having him. and he he just said, "Go open." And he consented to everything in the consent process. So really and truly, I've got my pick of whatever comes forward, which I thought was pretty cool. And so um, I was trying to uh, to grab whatever whatever stuck out. And I said, "Oh, I think I think we're doing past lives. Are you comfortable with that?" And he goes, yeah. So, I had said to him from what I can see, just the way that the I'll say like the screen in front of me is going, it's going to weave in and out of past lives and current. Is that comfortable for you? And I'll do my best to indicate which I'm in. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Yeah, go for it." And he always brings a notebook. And yet He'll stop. He, he hasn't actually... He, as soon as something comes out of my mouth, he'll put his notebook down because oh. he's so fully engaged and I just, I just love it. So anyways, yeah. you can see he's totally absorbed with it. And so this past life pops up and one of the first things that I see is that he's got this big... Um, a traveling backpack, like like a, a, a backpacker's backpack, if you know what I mean. Mm. And a hiker, you know? And so he shows me in this lifetime that he's very much a wanderer, that it's a very nomadic kind of lifestyle, mm. but it's also very solitary. So it's not where he's moving with a village or a clan or anything like that. He packs up everything he needs for necessities and he sets out to get from city to city. He just, he's so happy wandering. And on the first leg of his journey, or leg of his journey, pardon me, he wanders out and settles into like a bush area when when he needs to sleep, when he needs to, you know, wind down for the day. So he sets up everything that he's got and he rests and he spends days in the wilderness in... In the company of nature, just completely appreciating. So when I'm in his body doing the walking or the hiking, I'm also in his eyes and I can see what he's focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not where he's focusing on the path. He's not focusing just on his footing, which Mm. I definitely do when I hike as a human, and so I can see where his eyes wander up to trees, to mountains. They wander, you know, down to the little bushes that are ankle high. He'll take his time and kneel down. And it's just he's in the company of nature, which I thought oh, is really cool. Yeah. Fun for me as well, because that is not a place of comfort for me the mm-hmm. way he experiences it. But I got to enjoy it through him at this point. So he will spend days in, in solitary voluntarily. And he'll just enjoy his silence. He enjoys being alone with his own thoughts. He's very reflective. And when the time comes, he ventures into a little city or a little community. And he ventures in when he has run out of supplies, run out of resources, and needs assistance, needs help. Hmm. And he wanders in with this intention of finding a community who can come together to help him out of the goodness of their hearts. Mm. and wow. Yep, different time, past life. Yeah. But he'll wander in and he'll go to somewhere public and say, who in the community can help me? Do you know of people in the community that offer things like this? Mm. And so he gets directed to healthy, kind people. And so he stays for a little while, gets fed, filled up, um, replenishes what needs replenishing, and that includes social. Oh, right. So when he wanders into these communities, he genuinely connects with the people that he's staying with or who he crosses while he's just wandering around in, in their, their home. So he asks questions, he engages with them, he has genuine curiosity and interest in these people. He's not there to just say, listen to my adventure. And if he has something that he can leave behind, he does. And it might not be useful, but it's a little trinket of a reminder of what you did for someone else, mm-hmm. which I just thought was so cool. And when it's time, he wanders back into his solitary time in the wilderness and ventures on to the next next places. And so I had asked the guides, like, okay, so how does this weave? You know, you told me you were going to do past life and then also come into the present one. And they said, well, he's very much kept that heart that wants to wander and loves connecting to nature. And Clyde said, oh, yeah, I I love being in nature. It's where I connect. And the guides went, yeah, well. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, okay. And they said, yeah, but he doesn't do it with the same intention as he did in this previous life. That life was about a really beautiful movement that stemmed from necessity, but also genuine connection and knowing what his needs were. In this lifetime, they were pointing out that he wanders into nature when he needs to get away from or avoid being at home. And yes, he loves nature, he's creative, he does photography, he paddles, he's got beautiful hobbies and genuinely enjoys them. But the intention with his movements to get out of the house are completely different. It's, I don't want to be here, so I'm going to go over there. And when I flash back into the past life, he never exits the bush or the village and thinks I don't want to be here. There's a there's a sense of I'm looking forward to what's over there. I oh, thought that's really cool. And so I, I asked him for his affirmation. I said, is that correct? Like that there is a genuine love, but but that it's always stemmed from an avoidance of dealing with not being happy at home. And he said, Absolutely. <laughs> and Parker's got his panda. <laughs> okay, buddy. Um And yeah, he he just went, oh, okay. And so it was about intention and that he could stay out in the wilderness as long as possible to continue avoiding. And there were moments where he was out there where he really forgot and was really immersed and happy and great. But then he moved back into the house from a sense of, it's been a couple hours, I should so it came from this place of obligation as opposed to good intention. Mm. And he just went, oh, yeah. And that was, what, that was the parallel that the guys wanted to draw for him to say, you still have the best qualities of this, of this past life that you loved, but your movement is the point. And while you think you move lots, you don't move at all. And I think that was pretty, yeah, remarkable, substantial.
1: it that's it's beautiful that his guides are explaining that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and that if he chooses, well, maybe in time, if he chooses to see it and see his intention, then mm-hmm.
0: yeah. oh, yeah. and and he's self-aware. Mm. He can validate, and and he works hard, I should say, to validate the things in the sessions, which I'm very grateful for. Um, It was just a really cool illustration of that he could still feel connected to this piece of himself, Yeah, didn't have to lose it, could still love nature. It wasn't that the guides were saying, stop doing that. Right. It was change your intention when you walk out of the house. Mm -hmm. And that if you can't, if you genuinely cannot shift the intention to... I would like to go home. I would like to work on these things in my home, in mm-hmm. my marriage, in the relationship. Then what are you doing going home? Yeah. To that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hmm so, Beautiful. Yeah. I just thought, hopefully that sits and hits home enough that he reconsiders how he moves.
1: That's beautiful. I love your stories. Thanks. All three of them. Thank you, and and you said it was going to be apropos about the name. Oh,
0: so yeah, I, I want to say this very sensitively because obviously we we make sure identity is completely safe when we're telling client stories. So I had asked his permission for this show. It's very intimate, and um, I said uh, he goes, uh, "Oh, Clyde," because because we had talked about this show previously being tried to air oh, and being taken right. down. And he goes, that's funny. I had a cat named Clyde. <laughs> I was like, of course. Oh, okay. Of course. We, right. Karen would do that. <laughs> yeah. So he just said, absolutely, go ahead. Um, and, and I think that's really cool and brave of him too, because as you were saying in the beginning of the show, it's so that people can take these lessons and yeah. think, oh, do I head out the door to work like that? Do I go home from work like that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do I go to my kids' hockey games like that? Yeah, I right? got to like, get out of
1: here. I got to go to the yeah. gym. I got to get away from here. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I think some people who maybe, I'm, hmm, how do I say it? I think that's part of the isms, like workaholics, <laughs> <laughs> alcoholism. <laughs> Jesus, eh? <laughs> this, is, this is fun. <laughs> yes, honest. you're right. But it's it's part of that. <laughs> I don't know what's happening in COVID days, but it's part of that. Um, what do I do, or what can I get an attachment to where it becomes obsessive mm-hmm. and a problem in my life because I'm avoiding something? Mm-hmm. That's what I meant.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and it's neat that you say that it becomes a problem because I think there are a lot of people who could think, "Well, I don't I don't have a problem. I yeah. like my hobbies. I garden, I do pottery, yeah. I see my friends, I knit." I and they can list all the things they do, but as much as they enjoy the hobbies, it allows them to avoid. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I deeply appreciated all three of those individuals,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and and as you know, if we're lucky, we get to have a little bit of memory for a period of time about sessions,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: those hit home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those hit home because I think at different points I've struggled with all of those things as as humans do.
1: Oh yeah, and that's
0: that's the intention of this.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's a, those are great questions to add to emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm you know, do I leave or do I do something to avoid or do I do it to go joyfully to it?
0: Yeah. I've said this in coaching a lot where, mm-hmm. you know, we go through certain certain sessions and I'll say to them, if you cannot replace the word should with I'd like to, yeah, reevaluate. Yeah. Oh, there's another good question then. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't, suit the things that have to get done, like paying bills or right. cleaning, but you can still reset your intention when you do those things. And that's that's the point.
1: Thank you very much for the three stories.
0: Yeah. Thank you for calling me out and telling me to do more stories. <laughs> Is that fair? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We were very gentle about it, so I think it's only fair that I give you
1: that credit. Well, and also just trying a different format with the shows. Yeah. You did three main stories, and I interjected two quick little things. Yeah, I don't that, know where you got the name commercial from for those. Yeah, they weren't... Well, I'm calling them our commercials. I don't know why. We're not. We're not calling we're not. those. Okay, we'll drop that. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, thank you, because uh, especially since we've gone to camera, I know I've said this before, my head has been so in the process of recording that I, I've yeah. found it difficult to... Um, to come to the table with my own story because I'm in in my technical head. So it's been nice to be sort of able to just um, take one hat off and hope that the editing process goes well.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and and I think too, Kelly, just that when people hear you adding to the stories that I was telling, that they might not realize that you have all the same gifts. If they're just cluing into one show and not understanding that you're not interviewing me, you and I are equals at this. Thank you. Um, and I just, yeah, I think that's important. If people have been following us since the very first show, they might know that more. Mm-hmm. But if they're just on YouTube and grabbing one show, they might not see it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it just, it's variety too for both of us. You're a great mom and business partner. Oh, well, thank amongst you. Amongst many other things. Okay. So is that good for today then? Yeah. Okay, so if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at infobysarlow.com. We hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.